We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Very happy to be joined by Pete Caldera of the Bergen Record, NorthJersey.com, coming at us from Toronto. The Wi-Fi north of the border apparently works, which I was a little worried about. So, Pete, how's it going today? Going great. Thanks for having me. It, uh, another great day in uh, Ontario. Hopefully, uh, spring will come somewhere in the, in the northeast. We haven't seen much uh, sun or warmth uh, yet this year, but... Uh, a lot of wins, though. That's true. Yeah, it's the, the weather's been shit. The baseball's been awesome, which I feel like has not been the case for the past couple of years. Ilya and I were just looking up before you joined us. This is the best uh, record the Yankees have had through this many games since 2010, actually. And previously, 2003, they had a, a better record to this point in the season. But yeah, I don't think anyone really saw the team starting out this hot. Uh, I think a challenge that this team has faced over the past couple of years is slow starts. Really, if you identify April problems under Aaron Boone, it's been sloppy baseball, guys not hitting, uh, the pitching being inconsistent, but that's the complete opposite of what we've seen so far this year. Are you a little bit surprised by their start? Well, yeah, frankly, I am. Um, especially when you consider the first part of that start, they were seven and six and weren't gaining much traction. And, and some of the... Uh, the old problems with uh, hitting and runners with runners in scoring position was uh, was cropping up. They were getting some, you know, in, inconsistent uh, pitching. You know, Lewisaga wasn't on track. Some of the guys in the bullpen that you anticipate being uh, uh, reliable, uh, you know, were, were kind of off to inconsistent starts, and they just weren't hitting much. And uh, you know, then suddenly everything's, you know, that part about what they were talking about in spring training about having a more balanced and athletic lineup. Well, you're, you're seeing some of that now. Boone had a quote right around that time where he was saying, I'm confident we'll be where we need to be offensively. And I kind of scoffed at that quote because, you know, that's a in my what I call a Booneism. He, he has said those things over the past couple of years. And I, I was still saying, well, I'll believe it when I see it because I haven't seen it from this team for a lot of years. But I think we are seeing the differences that the Yankees made in the offseason to that lineup come to fruition. Uh, Rizzo has been great all year. IKF has been great after the first few games. And 
you know, it really provides them flexibility and, and a diversity in the lineup where if if Judge and Stanton struggle struggle on a particular night, well, maybe DJ and Rizzo are going to have good nights because they're different types of hitters. And I think that's if I if I had to like point to one thing that's different with the the lineup, it, it's that. Yeah, their balance is bigger. Yeah, and you notice too that uh, you know after kind of Falefe got off to that that rough uh, one for seventeen start, as hot as he's gotten, Boone's left him in that in that number eight spot in that lineup, and I think that that speaks to how much better balance they have because they're certainly not getting any offense out of the catching position right now. Um, but yeah, but throughout that lineup, um, they were tougher at bats, uh, better at bats, and. Uh, you know, and, and you're also seeing that you know late in these games, with the pitching keeping it close, that they've been able to find a way, uh, draw a walk, steal a base now with with Le Castro, uh, you know, on the bench as, as a pinch runner. They, He's they been really a are finding more ways to win than they than they seem to have more tools in the toolbox than, than they had previously. Yeah, I mean, Le Castro, it might sound silly, but even just as a fourth or fifth outfielder defense and a pinch runner. That's not something they've had for the past few seasons. No, no, you haven't had a weapon like that. And um, you're kind of wondering, uh, you know, once they pared down the, the rosters from, from, from 28 uh, to 26, does a guy like LeCastro still have a, a place and a role on this team? The answer has been yes, and they've, they've been seeing the, the value of, of having uh, speed off the bench like that, plus another guy who, who's a reliable defender in the outfield. Last night's game, the you know Manoa and Tyon were in a bit of a pitching duel, and it was close. It looked like the Yankees' offense was going to do nothing. Judge hits the home run, and then the offense exploded late. That's not something, as you pointed out, that they've done the past couple of years. Where maybe even if they won that game, it would be a, a claw to the finish, two to one game, or something like that. They haven't been able to exhale and just have an out- offensive outburst. What do you think? Not not just on the field. Do you think there's been a change in the? Um, in the clubhouse, in the dugout, maybe everyone's a little bit more relaxed. Has the winning streak provided them a little bit more room to relax? Like, why all of a sudden is is the guys we haven't seen do that start starting to do that? I think I think winning as a whole kind of relaxes the team too, and you know the, the way you're rolling like this, it sort of you know builds upon itself and and adds yeah. to the to the confidence. And you know, as you mentioned before, it it doesn't have to be one guy carrying the team. Uh, be a lot of components that add up to winning but you know i still think that by and large this team takes its cues uh daily from, from aaron judge and the way he's been playing during this streak has kind of galvanized all that uh and, and you know given this team you know shown this team you know where it takes its its cues and its personality and its uh, and it's daily uh, fight from. You know, I think a lot of that starts with Aaron Judge, and um, certainly as the leader of, of, of the clubhouse, and um, you know from the offensive side too. You know the pitchers are, are kind of, you know, it's it's the defensive uh, you know side of the. If it was a football team, it's uh, you know they have their defensive coordinators and, and uh, take their cues from you know guys like Cole and. Um, and people like that, but uh, yeah, for, for the team every day, I, I think uh, the way judges and and the way judge has comported himself since the contract stuff uh, you know, happened, because listen, he, he didn't get off to the to the greatest start right after that, and, and there was a lot of uh, uh, static out there about uh, hey, maybe you should have taken this contract, and is it going <laughs> to yeah. be there at the end? And, and you know, 
he's been proving daily that that bet on himself uh, uh, has has been a, a wager that uh, at least for the time being he's winning. Yeah, and everything that they've said on the team is it's not a distraction, and certainly they're playing like it's not a distraction. But do you foresee it becoming a distraction at any point this year? I think it Especially always as could we be. get and, later in the season. Yeah, I mean it always could be. I mean, listen, if he goes into a, a slump and. That I'm sure that's going to be another narrative about. Well, then you you, you had this you had this uh, contract out there, and uh, now you could be waltzing into a uh, an uncertain free agent uh, period right here. Um, I'm sure that, but I don't I don't think Judge will let it become a distraction. I think it, it could be a distraction in, in other areas. Uh, the media, possibly. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's it, you it guys have to ask the question. It certainly is a talking point. It's certainly, I of mean, it's, it's out as long as he's unsigned. It's a, it, it's a narrative. Um, you know, they could have taken care of this uh, in spring training. They could have taken care of it right before opening day. They didn't. Um, nope. And you know, and and you can really see both sides of this. You could see Judge betting on himself. You could see where the club, you know, didn't want to uh, extend itself beyond where it did what thirty something million uh, per per year uh, on the extension. So, I mean, I totally see both sides of it, but I don't think Judge will ever let this become a distraction. Uh, I think he is singularly focused on uh, what he's doing and, and trying to win. What did you think of the contract they did offer him? You know, I got to say, I was in the uh, the camp where I was I was surprised, you know, right immediately that uh, once they came with, with, a, with, a, with an extension that, that started with 30 uh, per year, that I thought that would that would be the, the number that that got it done. It didn't. Um, after my initial surprise, I'm not surprised that that Aaron Judge bet on himself. Uh, you know, just having you know seen you know how how strong a personality he is. You know how much he believes in in himself, and uh, I I, st- I still certainly do believe that they're better together. That Judge's brand, uh, he's more. He has more brand with the Yankees. The Yankees are better with him, uh, not only from a on-field standpoint, but in a marketing and a clubhouse sense, and all that comes with uh, having Aaron Judge on your team. And he's certainly proving right now that, uh, that he is all that. He's also thirty years old, and uh, no one knows how uh, you know a player of his size uh, is going to age beyond uh, his his prime. And I think that's a lot of risk on, on the team's end when, when you're dealing with uh, you know, a contract of, of that length. But all said, good for Judge on betting on himself, and, and uh, yeah. let's see if it pays off at the end. I, th- I agree with you. They could have gotten it done early in spring training. It was like the first thing they said in spring training is, we're going to talk to Aaron Judge about a contract, and then fast forward to the day of opening day, and it's not done, and Brian Cashman's giving a press conference about it. I thought the whole thing was just handled poorly. If it, I wonder if two weeks prior to that they they offered him what they did the seven years and the thirty and a half million that maybe they could have judged could have said no but they could have negotiated to something in the middle of what he wants and what they want but when it's two hours before first pitch of the season and that's the offer it's like what are you doing guys the whole thing was just a I think a cluster. Well, I I'll say this just I mean there was oddity all over the place you know once. They broke from the from the ninety nine day lockout, and everything was 
you know, was, was oh, 99 day and, lockout. Look at and, that. And, and weirded up. I mean, it was, it, it was just a strange three weeks really. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll cut the club some slack for that, but the, the, the surprising element and the kind of disturbing one uh, from my view was that they put the contract out there for public consumption. Um, yeah. And what purpose did that, did that serve? Um, I mean, and they they said it was because of you know they're trying to be transparent. I, I doubt they'll ever be this transparent again on a on a contract uh, negotiation. I'll you know, count me as surprised if that ever happens again because it hadn't happened in the past. But uh, I mean, to me that that struck of of a management and ownership um, that was tired of of hearing that we didn't spend on Korea and we didn't spend on uh, Semien and and we didn't. Uh, uh, you know, spend on whoever ex free agent you, you wanted Freddie to see Freeman. in the Bronx, but we're offering our guy this giant amount of money, and he just turned it down. Yeah, uh, that struck me as a, as an ownership and a management group that was that was tired of hearing how cheap they were. Absolutely, you money. never hear the you never hear the teams from the general manager details of the contract right. that they offered. I was shocked that I mean, I figured if it was if we all knew about it it would have been leaked through you guys through the media which is you know essentially achieving the same thing but it's just presenting it in a different way when it's cashman up there talking into the microphone it hits a little bit different and then judge had the what i thought was kind of a cold comment that he's gonna hit free agency and talk to all the teams and the yankees will be one of those teams like i don't blame him for that comment uh, at this point, I, I think Judge, when he's on the field, is a top five player in the game. And as long as he's on the field, he's going to put up numbers and he'll get a ton of bidders on the free agent market. It's really just in my mind about does he stay on the field? And that's when if he go if he hits the IL at some point this year, then the talk of well, maybe you should have taken that seven year contract. You know, it's going to be really interesting, too, and whether they have a need or not. But just the fact that Steve Cohen is out there. Um, yeah. and likes to be on Twitter and likes to kind of stir the pot. Boy, that's if Judge ever hits free agency, uh, I'm going to be checking Steve Cohen's Twitter account daily, maybe hours. Yeah. I mean, he clearly will spend anything to put a competitive product, and the Mets have been good this year, so so good for them. I actually like it when both teams are good playing good baseball. I think it's more fun rather than when teams are obviously not playing well. But yeah, man, that could be that could be a villain turn if Aaron Judge ends up signing with the with the Mets. But hey, if Steve Cohen's willing to offer him the three hundred million and the Yankees are not even close to that, can you blame the guy? Not at all. That's 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 why I, I I think he would he'd be he'd just be in it even if they didn't have a real interest. Uh, I, I think they would they would have take a lot of delight in in, in the. In, kind of tweaking the Yankees as much as they could with a flirtation. To my knowledge, that's never happened, right? Where a big free agent has changed teams like that, gone cross town in New York. I can't think of anyone in recent years that's done that. uh, Yeah, I I, I can't either. I mean, you know, way back when, you know, the, you know, when the Mets were, were, you know, terrible in the early eighties and Dave Winfield was a, was a free agent. The Mets attempted to, you know, to, to go get Winfield, obviously signs with the Yankees. I think the same thing went for Reggie Jackson in early in, in the early, early days of free agency. They've competed for free agents, you know, um, and, and competed for 
for talent, uh, obviously, you know, Beltron when he was in his prime could have gone yeah. probably either either way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think you know but what we're saying here, like have an established superstar cross uh, cross those lines. Uh, yeah, that would be unique. I always point back to when Bernie Williams supposedly almost signed with the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and obviously Bernie was in his prime homegrown Yankee, one of the, one of the best team, best players on that team. That would have been, that would have been a hell of a move. Like even, I don't even consider Johnny Damon. Like that's not the same. That doesn't hit the same as if Bernie or, or Aaron judge would change teams like that. You wrote something a few days ago um, about why, you know, what you're seeing differently. What are the keys to the winning streak? And you, and you, you wrote about the the coaching and Boone, credited the the infield coaching uh to their improved defense if you could talk about that a little bit yeah i think you know it's it's really a whole new staff in a lot of ways uh here and you know they've really promoted a lot of the guys um that have been traditionally on the analytics side when you look at you know a guy like uh, matt blake pitching coach uh who's not didn't come up from a traditional uh you know coaching branch you know He's down in player development. Um, and they have uh, more and more of those guys. You're seeing it on, on, on the hitting side with, with Dylan Lawson, Casey Dykes' assistants, and, uh, uh, you know, you got Hensley Mullins is the only is the only ex-big leaguer, I think, that they signed uh, in, in the offseason to their, to their coaching staff. So you know, there certainly is a more analytic blend in there, and it, there's, there's more attention to, uh, you know, uh, charts and, and uh, you know computer printouts and and uh, sure uh, those, those type of things you know but is, and and, is that and, a, big... and a lot of uh, you know video and you know iPad study on on sure. trends and pitching and, and positioning and um, you know the funny thing is that a lot of this positioning stuff that they're doing is probably going to go away next year when they ban the shifts too. I mean, you're, you're you think they're going to ban the shifts uh, alignment? Not just the Yankees, but the the Blue Jays. You know, stole a hit from Rizzo uh, last night playing four outfielders. So seeing stuff, you know, stuff like that may, I guess, will go by the boards next year when they when they ban the shift. But uh, there certainly is a more analytic blend to their to their coaching staff. And I think it's just striking that that balance between you know the traditional on field uh, you know choices that you have and the coaching that you get, uh, and then incorporating all the the, the other stuff uh, you know that 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 very important analytic branch to most clubs that have. How do, how do you incorporate that and strike that balance? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Where do you stand on banning the shift? I don't like it. I I think you should be able to play uh, eight defensive players uh, out there anywhere you want. Or really seven, I guess. Uh, yeah. Catch catch but um, yeah, I uh, I don't. Uh, you know, th- there's a way to beat the shift. Hit it the other way. Uh, you know, been saying that for or a hit it over the fence. Um, <laughs> That's or, what they've uh, been doing. Send it down the line. You know, there's uh, yeah. You know, there, there's ways to 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 attack it from an offensive side. Why why punish the a, a creative defense. So, um, you know, I, I'm not for dumbing down the game. If there's a smarter way to play defense, play it. Um, so I, I don't, uh, I don't care for a, a ban on the shift. Yeah. I, I've actually swayed. I think my opinions on this, uh, initially I was like, great. It's going to be, it's going to mean more base hits and more balls in play, but, um, it might be as the, at, it might not, actually do what we all want it to do i actually just spoke to brian kenny uh, on a recent episode and he hates the idea of banning the shift and he pointed out that you're basically going to forgive the players like joey gallo who have been killed by the shift you're going to forgive those types of players because you're going to ban it and they're going to get more hits even though they're not going to change their approach and then that's going to allow general managers to not have to change their rosters because they can continue to fill them with Joey Gallows, who instead of hitting 170 might go back up to 215 or something like that. And uh, it's not going to get the desired outcome, which is, I think, what we all want is more well-rounded baseball players because that's a more fun product. More guys that hit to all fields, that can um, get on base in different ways, run more hits, just you know, go down the line. It's just a, a better product. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. Either learn to hit differently, which I'm not holding my breath for because it hasn't happened, or general managers are going to have to start building more well-rounded rosters, which I think is the best possible outcome from this. And I think maybe that's what we started to see with Cashman, right? Like he he made decisions in the offseason, get an athletic shortstop, something they didn't have focus on defense behind the plate, something they didn't have. I mean, a guy like Lo Castro didn't have a place on this team the last couple of years. Now he's got a place on this team. Rizzo, a, a well-rounded hitter and, and a great defensive first baseman. So they've made decisions to their roster. And what we're seeing is obviously winning baseball, but I also think just a better product of baseball. Yeah, I think for too long, uh, you know, they they ignored that that old baseball tenant that, that really strikes true is that uh you know you're you're only as good as you are up the middle and the yankees were extremely shaky up the middle uh you know with with the, the defensive catcher that uh, they were lacking with, with, with sanchez behind the plate all those years uh you know, forcing glaber torres and playing shortstop where he clearly wasn't a, a good fit there then then weakening your upper middle defense and then really having kind of a a black hole in center field when the guy that you relied on and paid, uh, Aaron Hicks, wasn't on the field. Um, they have all those elements in place now. The good defense behind the plate, uh, better, more athletic defense uh, up the middle, and and now uh, a center fielder that at least right now you can rely on to, to be out there and is getting on base at, at, at a pretty good clip too. So uh, with all those elements in place, there are, there are, they're a stronger team at the core. 
Yeah. And going back to the coaching for a second, you mentioned just blending the analytics a little bit more. I also think, again, they have the players on the field to execute on those uh, better than they have in recent years. I think they've I mean, seemingly have been relying on analytics to a certain extent. Um, so it's it's different this year. Do you think that the so they changed a lot of the coaching staff in the offseason, but not the manager? First, were you surprised that they extended Boone even after what you know seemed to decline over the past couple of years? No, I I I I fully expected that just the way that they were talking uh, and you know the way they they talk about how you know they they work together, uh, talking about uh, you know that that triangle between uh, ownership, Hal Steinbrenner, um, Brian Cashman, the GM, and, and Boone that. Uh, they were going to keep that that group together, and that uh, they didn't uh, necessarily blame Boone for um, the lack of production from from uh, what I, I think many people uh, thought was a flawed roster. Uh, even though it won ninety two games, that uh, that that wasn't necessarily a, a team that. Uh, Know, could sustain a, a long October run. It, it might have. I mean, every you know. Listen, when when the Yankees played the Atlanta Braves last summer, I think the Yankees had a better record. Uh, yeah. Right. And then, of course, then the Braves take off, and and they do it without uh, Acuna and a lot of you know their their, their big uh, uh, players that they were expected to to help carry them. But you know, um, no, I, I figured I, I thought that 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 Boone would would come back and that they would try to. Uh, you know, change the team uh, from a from a, a roster structure standpoint instead of changing uh, uh, the man in the in the, uh, in the manager seat. But they did change a lot of coaches. That that was going to be my next point. Is that so? They changed a lot of the coaches underneath Boone and Phil Nevin. I thought got a lot of blame when he exited, and I don't know exactly how much influence he had over Boone, but clearly they did not like that relationship and and Nevin's influence on on the team. And on Boone, well, I mean, it's happened before. I mean, Boone and, and Nevin are, have been very close for a very long time. They've known each other. For yeah, he brought him in in eighteen decades. He, he, yeah, he and, wanted him, and and sometimes that can act as a shot across the bow uh, to 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 get a manager's attention to take away a, a yeah. top lieutenant, but especially one that that you you've had a close personal relationship for for a long time. I don't necessarily know if that was the message the Yankees. We're sending there because I think they do res- respect Boone, uh, you know, more than just a, as a manager. That, uh, that there is a, uh, you know, there's a personal personal element uh, to this relationship that they have, Cashman and and, and, and Hal and, and, and Boone. So, um, but, you know, I, I think just at it when you strip away everything else, that they 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 feel like they work together well and they wanted to keep it together, and if that they change some other structural parts to this team that they could succeed in the way that they expected. Yeah. And what the win streak does is it obviously provides them a cushion for the inevitable slump that comes to every baseball team throughout the season. And and it's not going to crush them. So, I mean, if anything, an early, early season win streak can, can save you in that sense. Everyone, you know, the cliche is you don't win the division in April. You only lose the division in April. Well, you can, you can certainly make your chances a hell of a lot better in April. And so far, that's what the Yankees have done. Last thing I want to talk to you about is Cole. 
two good starts in a row after a couple shaky starts, been thrown to to Trevino. Do you think that is going to be a trend that we see continue? I think it's a trend that you'll you'll see not not, not necessarily uh, exclusive in, in the way that uh, Higashioka was uh, Cole's exclusive catcher for the last two years prior, but um, you, you're certainly going to see more of, of Trevino behind the plate for for everybody. And um, you know, I think that the Yankees have quickly become enamored of of uh, Trevino's defense and his leadership behind the plate, and not only. Uh, you know his, his uh, pitch framing skills, but uh, his arm, the general way that he calls a game, uh, the way he's in command uh, behind the plate. Um, you know he I, he would fall under the title of what they consider an elite defender, and uh, I think he, he's shown all that. And he's quickly gained uh, uh, the confidence of, of the pitching staff, and basically done it on the fly with no spring training. Uh, with, with, with this staff. And uh, I, I think, yeah, you're going to see a lot more of uh, Trevino behind the plate. Um, you know, I, I still think that, that they respect uh, and uh, like Higashioka and what, what he brings. And, uh, you know, certainly reminded us in spring training when he was leading the Grapefruit League in home runs that uh, there's some pop in that. Yeah. And he's a, you know, even in, in sparing play, he's a 10 home run uh, guy per, per year. Um, so I, I would consider it right now a timeshare between the two. Yeah, and maybe that's not how it was going into the season. I mean, heck, we even thought Rortvet was going to be the backup catcher, and he I don't see how he gets on this roster right now with Trevino the way he's playing, unless Higgy com, you know, completely falls off and they move on from him. But from everything you just said and everything that they've said over the past couple of seasons, I don't see that happening as well. So what do you think changed for Cole? I know he's been working on mixing in a cutter a bit more so far this season. Um, I think he's, even early in the year, like there was a start, his first start against Toronto, the one in which Vlad Jr. just hit hit three home runs. And that was the, really the only thing that, that Cole gave up. I saw flashes in that start where Cole looked great. Uh, the end product just didn't look good because he gave up a couple bombs to to Vlad. But, but what have you seen so far this year? Like, what's changed in Cole the last couple times out? Well, you know, you, you did hit on it right there. The uh, about the cutter, you know, that was a pitch that uh, he he'd only thrown, I think, eleven percent of the time in his first three starts when he had a, a six plus ERA, and then since he started throwing that twenty uh, percent of the time in, in his last two starts. Uh, with Trevino behind the plate, uh, you know, zero earned runs and uh, over twelve and two thirds innings, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think that that that's one element uh, that's that's been different. Uh, you know, whether uh, the weather had something to do with it, or um, you know, starting to get a little more uh, familiar with the new rosin bag and the, and the tack that's on that, and, and yeah. of course, this is always going to be a storyline with with Cole. Uh, you know, the grip on the baseball and uh, how that either is, has been enhanced or improved or, or not uh, based on uh, what's available uh, to him now. Uh, you know, maybe he's, to uh, excuse the pun, coming to grips with that a little, little better. Uh, but uh, I, I think I think the uh, but the incorporation of that cutter and, and uh, with, with all the other things that he brings uh, to the table and starting, 
you know, with, with that high octane fastball and what he can do off that pitch uh, with, with the many secondary options that he has, uh, I think has is, is made him, you know, a better pitcher in the last couple of stands. Yeah, him incorporating the cutter again is a, a little surprising because his he's got an elite four seam fastball and it's been since his his uh, time in Houston one of the best fastballs in baseball and maybe we saw hitters I I don't know I mean I it, it, we've talked about the sticky stuff at nauseum <laughs> on this show but I mean it's very clear the data shows it his fastball is getting hit more since since that point. And it's not like all of a sudden his fastball sucks, but it's just it hasn't been as good. So I think the cutter is probably just to give hitters something else, another look, a little bit of extra movement um, on the fastball, which, I mean, to me, that has to be the reason why he started to bring it back. Yeah, and obviously and the cutter is a pitcher that, a pitch that, you know, it appears as a strike and, 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 then, and then isn't. Uh, and you're trying to either get swings and misses off it or – as you said, show show a hitter something else in the bag that uh, you, you've got to look for, and uh, and that should improve, uh, you know, the, the the swings and miss and uh, and and uh, you know induce uh, you know less contact with a fastball. So um, yeah, I think I think all that's that's become heightened and in, in, uh, you know in, in place since uh, he incorporated that 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 cutter more. And as long as he has confidence in that pitch. Uh, but I, I think you can see it more often. And uh, listen, uh, Cole is elite in so many ways. I mean, this this guy knows how to pitch. Period. Full stop. Uh, knows what he's doing out there, and uh, I think that uh, that can only help him at, at, at this point. All right, I'll, I'll let you go. Enjoy the time in Toronto. Does <laughs> does a win streak like this make the make the vibe amongst all the media members a little bit more cheery as well? So you're not having to write about. Just another loss night after night. I was telling Brian Hoke, I said, you know, it's it's. I think it's more interesting covering uh, teams at the extremes. You know, I think they're more interesting when they're winning a lot, and more interesting if they're losing a lot. Uh, you don't get a lot of. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever never covered obviously a Yankee team that was sub five hundred. They're always in it at some point, and they. It's always interesting, no matter what the, whether they're winning or losing. There's, there's always. Uh, there's always a storyline here, so, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it, you you kind of get the vibe from what the players are are going through now, and of course, uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, thumping nightclub music going on in the uh, clubhouses when you when you enter after after a game, and uh, so you can you get a you get a sense of uh, how you know how good they're feeling about uh, what's going on, and it's it's pretty much been a nightly party. Uh, after, after every win here. So what you're saying is you guys covering the Yankees and then the writers covering the Reds are having the best time this year. <laughs> well, I think they're having a they're having an interesting time. This could be a they, they could be covering a team that uh, surpasses the 1962 Mets for uh, losses in a in a 162 game season. So uh, I think they're hey that that's a record to chase, right? That, I guess. I guess. I don't know if you want to hang your hat on it. But anyway, Pete, I appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the season. Thanks very much. I really appreciate you having me on anytime. And uh, I'll I'll go back to Tim Hortons for for, uh, (laughs) for the refill. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. 
Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.